Happy Saturday. Today, I'm excited to welcome you to episode four. I can't believe we're already on episode four of Saturday Conversations. Today's episode, I pray, will be filled with wisdom, insight, and revelation in Jesus' mighty name. Today, I have to bring a guest that I've known for over a year, and I love how God is using him mightily for in the body of Christ. So please help me welcome my brother, Renner, to the conversation. Renner, what's up? How's it going? Good, good. So before we get into the topic, I just want people to know who you are. I know you, but let the people who don't know you, like, what is your elevator pitch? Man, well, Edward, thanks for having me, man. I, uh, Everyone who's watching this, we know each other through City Church. Uh, so in there every weekend. And uh, just so you guys know, Edward is a hustler, shows up <laughs> early and leaves late. Um, so I, I definitely admire that in you, man. And um, yeah, so I, I own Atlas Solar Advisors. Uh, we help homes and businesses put solar panels on their roof, save money and um, help God's green earth at the same yeah. time. So it's, uh, it's a fun, fun job, fun company. Um, and I'm soon to be married. I'm getting married on July 4th to... Uh, Miss Miranda Birch. So I'm very excited for that. Um, so yeah, that's uh, the short elevator pitch. All right. You can add more if you want to. Right. <laughs> we'll keep it simple. I know you don't like talking about yourself, do you, Renner? No, I, I keep it low key. You know? Okay. So I'm glad to have you on the, convers- uh, on the conversation. I know you're busy. You own a business. You're about to get married. So I'm glad you're able to carve out time to have this conversation. Um, let's get into the topic. Y'all see the thumbnail. Y'all see the title. Y'all see the topic. We're talking about how to operate in your business. Um, something I realized, Renner, is that so many people want to start their business or they already started their business and they don't know what steps to take after that. They already submitted the paperwork. They did all these things. Then now they're like in the middle, like saying, what do I do now? And I just want to tell you, whatever stage you're in, you just remember you give it all that you have. If you're in the beginning stage, give it all that you have. If you're in the middle, give it all that you have. If it seems like your business is about to die, give it all. You fight for your business. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So my hope, Renner's hope, is that through this conversation, you will receive practical steps on how to operate in your business while following Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, our Savior, and our example. So Renner, my first question to you is, have you always wanted to start a business? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that that would be true. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was younger, I was always into skateboarding. That was like my okay. my sport. Um, so I always thought growing up, I was like, I'd be a professional skateboarder. And that's yeah. what I was into. But what I didn't realize is as I was as I was doing that, um, I was always just a hustler as a kid. I would, I would purchase like large quantities of skateboards on yeah. eBay. And then I would go to the skate park and then upsell them at a higher wow. value. Uh. And it was just something that I like love to do. Uh, I would always like, you know, buy big bags of candy and bring it to school and, and then like sell it. And, and what I realized that I didn't actually realize this until a few weekends ago when I went back home to see my, my family and my mom was like, you've always owned a business. This is something you've wow. always done. No matter what stage in life you've been, you've always 
you know, um, owned a business, whether it was legal or not. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You're just going to discuss about the legal things, you know, we never know who's watching. <laughs> you have to have an LLC in place to claim yeah. that. So yeah. I didn't do that when I was younger. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, so you were thinking about profit margin since you were like a teenager, pretty much. Like if I, if I spend this money on this, on this skateboard, I didn't know how much to, you know, market so I can get at least 50% back. That's amazing. So, so how was your upbringing? Was it like your parents in um, business or is it something that is, that was in you? Man, I, I definitely think it was something that God had put inside of me because yeah. both of my parents were teachers. Both of my grandparents were teachers. Wow. And, um, you know, when it was time for me to go to school, like university, I was like, okay, I want to go to school for business. Mm -hmm. And it was inspired to go to school for engineering because that's where you would get the comfy and stable job. So I went to school for engineering because I was like, that's how I'm going to get a job. Yeah. But in my deepest, like, ingress in my heart, I was like, I want to own a business one day. I don't yeah. need to go to college. But Thankful I went to college, thankful that I have my degree because I have the problem solving skills and the network to mm -hmm. be able to run my business. So it, uh, I could definitely see God's hand on it all the way through. But That's awesome. And that's not to say you have to go to school to start yeah. a business. Um, I, I think that a lot of people think they have to have all this capital. They have to know the right people. They have to, or they have to go into debt to start a business. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, you just start with what you have and you work as hard as you can, like you were saying, and you just get after it. I mean, yeah. there's there's no excuses. You really just have to dive head first and, and start it. So that's how I've always viewed it. That's good. Um, I was reading Exodus today, and um, it was when Moses was getting called by God, and God asked Moses, he's like, what's in your hand? And I feel like right now, God is asking so many people, like you said, they don't have the capital, they don't have the network, they don't have the property, they don't have the resources, but God's like, what is in your hand? If you have a planner, you better start writing, the Bible says, um, write the vision down, make it plain. If you have a group of four or five people, tell them your dream so you can get it started. But I think God is asking a lot of people right now, it's like, what is in your hand? Work what's in your hand, because there's so many people that won't get started because they don't, they don't have what they think they need. But I really believe that all you have is all you need in this season. And through YouTube and through the internet, you can link up with a lot of people that can get you to where, where you need to be. So you want to add anything to that? So yeah, you just, you came out the womb once started business. Yeah, no, nothing to add. I, I just say that's a hundred percent accurate. I mean, um, yeah, you had mentioned, you had listed Habakkuk 2 verse 2. Uh, yeah. Write it down, make it plain. Yeah. If you feel like God is, is speaking to you to say, hey, start this business, you know, one, go to the word to confirm it, two, mm -hmm. pray about it to confirm it, three, write it down, make it plain. God, this is what I want to do and ask him to bless it. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I've ever done for my business is actually pray the prayer of Jabez. Mm, yeah. Lord, bless me indeed, expand my territory. Yeah. Keep hand of provision on me and keep me free from evil. And, and it's like that very simple prayer has just taken like a daily step into to running a business to a whole new level. Wow. Inviting him into it changes just everything. Wow. That's amazing. So my question to you, my second question to you is you, you business owner, your fiance, you serve at the church. How do you and your son, how do you balance everything? Like, how, how, how are you not going crazy? How do you balance everything? 
you, you take care of yourself, you roll groom, you look good. Like, how do you do it? Yeah. Well, you know, before we logged on, I was, I was trying to hustle down some almonds because I was just, I had to miss a meal and it's like, that's not always the greatest, right? Yeah. So it's like, you definitely have to prioritize what it is that you need, right? Like what are your wants versus needs? Yeah. What is your vision? Like, where do you want to go? And are your daily habits leading you towards your vision? And mm-hmm. if not, then you have to cut it out. And it's like, I've had to make some extreme sacrifices like of, of the flesh, like cutting out Netflix and cutting out social media uh, just so I can make sure that I have like a good daily routine in place. Um, so I'd say, yeah, just refining your, your daily systems is, is the most important thing. And, and something I learned from TD Jakes a long time ago is you're not always going to be perfect in every area in every season, right? There's going to be some seasons where you're going to be really crushing it in business. Yeah. But then there's another area that is, is sacrificed because of that. But you have to always be in tune with what's important and what's mm-hmm. the most important in that season. Sometimes family is going to be the most important and you have to take a step back from running your business um, momentarily so that you can pour into your wife or your kids at the time or your, your parents, your, your siblings, um, whatever that might look like. So, so it's very important to be in tune with, with what God is speaking to you so mm-hmm. that you can pour into that in that season. So I'm assuming, you know, you're engaged, um, you pursued Miranda. Did you sit down and have this talk with her or have y'all had this talk saying that I own this business? Um, like what it tells, tells signs that I need to step back from the business and, you know, show more love or show more attention to you. Have you had that talk with Miranda yet? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's uh, it would be a talk that, that mm-hmm. comes like proactively. I think that would actually be the healthier way to go about it, to be mm-hmm. honest. It more so comes from from like an area where it's like, oh man, I did not do that right. And then mm-hmm. taking a step back to reflect and yeah. saying, okay, this is where I can improve and, and improve that. Uh, so it's more about like course correction uh, yeah. or has been for me. Uh, but I do, I do believe like proactively talking about it is super important, mm-hmm. especially, you know, heading into marriage and heading into, um, you know, running a business. Like you have to be intentional with those things. So yeah. yeah. And I love you, Renner, because you are very intentional with your walk with God. So your ears are sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So even if something's off, the Holy Spirit is like, okay, you need to take a day off from the from the business and like spend time with Miranda, you know? So I think it's very important that people, when you own the business and you especially about to get married, you your voice or your ears have to be very sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he will he will tell you things that even you know your spouse won't tell you. So I, that's what I love about you, that you're always intentional with your walk with Christ. And I think that's going to help you so much as you walk into owning the business and also into the the marriage sphere. So that's awesome. So what's a typical day in your life? Hmm. Like you wake up 4 a.m. or like. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, fun fact. So I used to be really big into marathon running. That was like my whole thing. Um and for a while, I actually owned a running company where I would actually help people uh, like train for marathons and um, still help people like on the side. But it's like I have to be more intentional with, um, you know, business and pursuing Miranda mm-hmm. and going to church. Those are like the three things that are like yeah. most important. So so taking a step back from marathon training has been like a big adjustment um, just to hit on the last topic. Um, so that used to be my routine where I would wake up at 5 a.m. I would hit my daily run in and then I would, um, you know, eat, eat my fuel afterwards and then go into my day. 
Well, now that my season has changed, because I happen to be aware of the season, mm-hmm. uh, my routine's different. I wake up a little bit later in the mornings. Um, I, I have my coffee. And then actually the most important part is diving into, into prayer. First That's thing good. before you do anything, before you even check your phone, uh, diving, diving into prayer, um, and then going about your day afterwards. Um, but I read a book called um, Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. It's like a 40-day mm-hmm. prayer challenge. And I started that at the beginning of the year. And it's literally, you just get down on your hands and knees. You draw a circle around yourself and you pray for what it is you believe God is calling you to pray for. Yeah. And, and that part of my routine, I don't think will ever change because it's the most like important part of starting the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so even after the 40 day prayer challenge, like that has been the most important part of the day. That that is so good. Like you have to start your day with God, especially if, if God is the person who caused you to start the business. Um, it's good to have um, his recommendations for the business for that day. So mm-hmm. I think that's amazing that you start off with God. So I, I, I just want to know. Um, so you said so what time do you usually wake up now in this season you're in? 7 a.m. 7 a.m. So it's like seven to midnight, seven to. Yeah, I, I like to get uh, be asleep by 11. So usually in bed, okay. by 10, read uh, whatever book I'm reading at the time and then go to bed. Um, I think a really big, important part of the routine is cutting out screen time. before. Mm, yeah, that way I can have like a full night of sleep and, and actually not be woken up by, you know, residual thoughts of like being on social media and things yeah. like that. That's a very um, important part of the routine as well. And what I realized when you when you own a business, you don't have an, you don't have enough time to be on social media like that. As you said before, like you cut out like Netflix. When you're really trying to pursue what God has called you to pursue, you don't you just don't have time for it. So, but I don't know. I know people that are just like six hours on Netflix. I'm like, how, how can you how can you give six six hours to Netflix? You know. Mm-hmm. so yeah so seven seven to midnight or seven to 11 mm-hmm. wow yeah, seven to 11 and and what i would say is like you can integrate things too right so mm-hmm. i haven't completely cut out netflix because yeah. that's actually something i i share time with miranda whenever we're like hanging out and have a fun dinner like have a fun like dinner night yeah and we're like hey let's watch a fun movie and it's like that's integrating quality time mm-hmm. but if i'm just like mindlessly watching netflix and binging it on like a thursday afternoon it's like that's not advancing what god has called me to do at all but but it's like sitting down with miranda having a nice dinner watching yeah. a movie on a thursday night that's intentional in pursuing what god has called me yeah. to do so it's like just being aware and not making excuses is it's not always easy. That is so good. I want to hit on something you said. So like how, how do you tell the difference between it being like, um, I'm not trying hard enough or mm-hmm. this is just God shutting a door for the business? Whoa, man. I, that has just been like the theme for the past two years. It's yeah. like, is this an open door or is this a shut door? Yeah. And, and I think you just know, like, like I, I think, um, without being too, too simple, right? It's like, there are times where you're just trying to like run uphill and you're like, this is like every single time I try to glo- go close this sale or I try to open up this part of the business, mm-hmm. uh, something just shuts. And it's like, that was not meant to be. So it's like, there's, there's a difference between, between being hardheaded and being gritty and, and per- pushing through things. Yeah. And then like recognizing when God is saying, 
um, hey, don't do that. I'm not calling you to go down that route. You, all you have to do is pivot a little bit and go this way. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think I usually give myself like a, a three strike, three strikes and you're out where like if, if it happens three times and it's just a blatant door shut, then I'm like, okay, that is not what God has called me to do. I'm going to go, go elsewhere. And, and that's not the same for everyone, but I, I, I think God speaks to me in threes. So I, okay. I typically listen to that. And that's why it's also beneficial to start your day off with God like you do. Cause maybe God would tell you, just try one more time and then that would happen. But if you don't start your day with God, you might just say, well, this is it. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, what I realized walking with God is that, you know, God is not confined to a formula, even though us Christians, we try to put him to a formula and put him to a box. So most of the time it might be three for you, but he's like, um, I need to just try one more time. And that's why that quality, quality time with God is so important. Cause we always talk about have quality time with your spouse, have quality, t- quality time with your family. But we never talk about have quality time with God. Most people, we just go to God when we need something. We start to treat God like a genie. But God, we have to realize is our Heavenly Father. and He wants to spend quality time with us also. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome that you have a three-strike rule. But I know that you're you're in tune with God enough that if he says try one more time, you will try one more time. Yeah, that or if it's like if I do it one time and it doesn't happen, like it's I think if it's really important in your own mind to pursue yeah. it. If it's important enough to pursue it, then it's important enough to bring it to God and say, hey, God, like, do you want me to pursue this? That's good. That's and, good. and like just having that ear to hear the eyes, eyes opened, ear to hear, yeah, heart to receive. It's like sometimes he'll let you know right in the middle of prayer, like, hey, that's not ethical or that's not in my will or that that's just not what I want you to do. And, yeah. and you'll listen to that and say, OK, I don't really understand it, but I trust you. And I trust that this is not where you want me to go. I will do this other option. And, and I think that takes like consistent prayer, not to just like speak to him and say, God, answer this, answer this, answer yeah. this. Yeah. Like actually listening, like taking the time to ask and then listen is just very important. That is so good, Renner. That's so good. So my next question to you is, how do you deal with setbacks that comes with having a business? Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think that's also perfectly in line with what we were just talking about, because there there's sometimes where you see a setback and you're like and your ego takes a hit because you put a lot of energy into something. You put yeah, a lot of for effort sure. and you're like, man, like I did everything I could to make this happen and it didn't happen. And you could do one of two things. You can, you know, let your ego stew on it and, and beat yourself up over it. Or you can recognize that that's not what God was calling you to do. He was mm-hmm. calling you take a different direction and saying, okay, God, I understand that I had to try to fail. I had to fail to get to this point, but I'm hearing what you're telling me. I'm going to go this direction. Yeah. Like being a business owner, you have to learn to hear no all the time. Mm. Like one, you have to ask if, if you don't ask, you don't receive. Two, you have to accept that no is just a common vocabulary word in the business world. So uh, it does take grit, but also not like letting your ego take a hit from it either. So how do you get comfortable with hearing no? I think consistency. I I think it like, it's not a natural thing to hear right off the bat. Um, You know, I started my sales career when I was younger, but like as of recently uh, doing door-to-door sales and what you would, what the average ratio was is you would have 10 doors that you would knock. And then for every 10 doors that you would talk to only one would set an appointment with you, but the other nine 
would be a, a hard no. And they'd say, no, like get off my doorstep, leave. Wow. Like you just have to learn over time um, that no is just a common part of the sales process. That is, that's disheartening. Like not, so 90% of people say no to you, but that, that one yes can like change the trajectory of your business. So I guess that's a positive way to look at it. <laughs> it just takes one yes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I think what people need to realize is sometimes your setbacks are setups for what God has planned for you. Like even in Romans chapter eight, verse 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. So just because someone said no to you does not mean it's no to your purpose. It does not mean it's no to your business. But what it means that if you keep fighting, keep going, keep pushing through, God will see you through and crown your efforts. One one no from man does not mean it's a no from God. So keep on um, striding to what God has called you to. Anything else you want to give about setbacks? Do you have any stories about setbacks that you like, man? Hmm. Well, I think just like kind of building off of that, the door-to-door strategy, right? Like I'm a big yeah. numbers guy. Like I could put anything into a spreadsheet and do like a predictive analysis on it because that's just, you know, what I was trained to do. And, and like, I see things in numbers. So it's like, instead of thinking like, oh, the odds are this next door is going to be a no, like this guy's just going to reject me. Like you have to get that out of your head. Mm-hmm. The only way that you can move forward is say, okay, I have to do these nine doors so that I can get to that yes at the end of this 10th one. So if you get nine no's in a row, then you're just thanking God at that point because you're like, God, thank you so much because this is the yes that I was waiting for. Yeah. Like walking up and expecting um, success at that night, that 10th door. Um, So just knowing, like just having faith that everything is in the numbers, that it it lies, um, lies in that and moving forward with it. And if it is a no, you just keep going. Well, so so the moral of the story is like you might get 20 no's but you show up the next morning expecting a yes mm-hmm. all right so my next question to you is how does one remain humble when they see their business flourishing mm. yeah man well i i think that um you know you hear a lot of stories of like these overnight success mm-hmm people right or like businesses and you're like man like that was easy uh but what you don't see is like the the 10 years of not being successful um, to get yeah. to that successful point. so it's like i wouldn't ever tell myself like i'm at a very successful point in my business because i know that i'm not at where uh like the vision is at right it's like mm-hmm. i've had to fail 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 and then get like a little bit of a success and then fail 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 a little bit of success and it's like, I think that that's a very humbling process, right? It's like, it's like, I think that like when you, when you get used to the cycles of being a business owner, the roller coaster, yeah. um, you know, it's not like you're expecting like things to be bad if things go good, but it's also just understanding that things could, could not be bad or things could not be great if you're having one really good month. So mm-hmm. it's just like learning to save up and being good with your finances and not saying like, Hey, because I have this really good month, everything's going to be great after this. Yeah. You have to be really like really uh, disciplined with your finances, disciplined with your emotions, with your energy levels, because um, it's some, I think that would probably be one of the biggest failure points of a business owner is to say, Hey, like I, I was successful last month. 
Um, and I'm going to go blow all of my money and blow all of my energy and emotions on that big success. Mm. So just, just like staying even keel and, and just continuing to put in the hard work is, is the, the true formula to success, I believe. So I have another question, a follow-up question. How does someone steward what God has given them in the season of, of when it's flourishing? Because like you said, they might just say, oh, I have a great month. I'm just going to spend it all. But the next month doesn't look that good. So how do you suggest people or recommend people to steward what God has given them in the month that is um, flourishing? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it comes down to systems and, and values, right? It's like I was lucky enough to take Financial Peace University, um, you know, several years ago and learn just the, the simple principle, like, don't go into debt, don't put yourself into a really tough spot and and get to the point where you have a lot of like expenses every single month. Mm-hmm. As a business owner, you're going to have some months where you have a lot of income, some where you have little income. So if you, if you put yourself in a spot to where you have a ton of like expenses every single month, then those really low months are going to be really stressful. Yeah. So really just reducing your monthly expenses and not putting yourself in like credit card debt where it's like a 20, 25% APR. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a really quick way to get into the hole. So, wow. so just being disciplined with that and, and like, and sometimes it's harder to make those decisions because it's really easy to finance things, but, but just like being disciplined and saying, no, that's not what God has called me to. He's called me to be the head and not the tail. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, I, I think that, that you can look at so many different examples in the Bible, um, that, that tell you, um, to not be a slave to the lender. Mm-hmm. So just being disciplined to, to that and you'll be good. So what if, so what would you tell someone who's like, Renner, I have to get in debt. Like, that's what society is telling me. That's what the, they have all these points that I can get if I just put it on the business credit card. What would you tell them if they came to you asking for your advice? Yeah, I think that that's worldly thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I don't have these conversations every day because it's usually more focused on like actual finances. But when you, yeah. when you get down to the foundation of what God has called you to, um, you know, he, he tells you not to worry about the day-to-day things, right? Like if yeah. he can take care of the birds who are, who are essentially valueless, um, he's going to take care of you who is his child. Like That's he's so good. going to, to, to take care of you. So if you're like, Hey, like I have to go into debt to take care of these things. It's, it's you saying, God, I don't trust that you are going to take care of me. Wow. Wow. Um, so I think it's a lack of faith. I think it, um, and that's kind of harsh and it's brutal, right? But it's like, if you really trust God and you really trust that he's going to take care of your finances, what are you going to do when you get your first paycheck? You're going to put 10% in and you're going to save the portion that he's called you to, and you're going to have your expenses on the side. So, so I think tithing and not going into debt. Are- that's so good. Cause I, I, I'm a big believer. Go ahead. Yeah, it's an act of faith is yeah. what I, yeah. Because I'm a big believer in tithing, but for some reason, tithing has gotten lost in this in this church generation. So I don't understand because their biggest thing is all like, well, Jesus never talked about uh, tithing. Well, he, ta- he talked about it in Matthew 23, 23, but also you don't have to keep talking about something when they already know that's something they should do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the reason why he never talked about it with, uh, with his disciples or people following him because they already tithe 
So mm-hmm. I never believed that baloney saying that you don't have to tithe anymore. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me say, you don't have to tithe. You, you can go to heaven, believe Jesus Christ, you go to heaven. But we need to get to that point that we're not just living on the, on the basement level of Christianity. Mm-hmm. When God has provided us the penthouse of Christianity, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I am a full believer of tithing. Give God your first fruits. Like, because the book of Proverbs says, honor the Lord with all your wealth. That, that's what the book of Proverbs says. So that's that's what I believe. And I'm glad that's what you believe also. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and just a quick story from that, too. And, and I used to share this in my life group because it, it definitely impacted the way that I viewed finances. Um, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up in a home where tithing was a normal part of the process. Mm-hmm. So by the time I started to learn about it, it was a foreign concept. And I thought it was insane. I was like, why would you give away 10% of your income uh, when, you know, you have to live on that 10%. Um, but what I had, like, God was like really speaking to me, especially when I first started the business. And, um, you know, I started like, you know, getting to the point where, where I was tithing and I was like, okay, this is, this is really great. Um, but I didn't really see anything come out of it. And that's not the purpose of it. Right. It's not to be like, Hey, I'm going to give you 10%. So you can give me 10 times that it's just saying, God, I trust you with my finances. Uh, but it was like the first of the year in 2019 when uh, things got like really hard for our business. Mm-hmm. And it was like every single commission check really mattered because it was like, hey, like, am I going to be able to pay the rent this month? Am I going to be able to get groceries this month? Wow. And, and I remember getting a check at the very end of the month. And if I were to tithe, then that would have been just enough to take me out of the ability to pay rent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah this is, this is tough. Like, I don't know if I should do this, but I really prayed about it. And God was like, do you trust me? Wow. I said, yeah. And I put that 10% into the account and I paid it and I prayed, God, take care of me. And as soon as I did that, like three sales came in and and I was like, that's all I had to do. And uh, it's like, it's not like it's a a magic pill that you take every time, but he, it's essentially just saying, God, like, I know that you have my best back. You have my best mind and you're going to take care of me. And, and he does every time. That is so good. And also, I believe that when you tithe, to go back to the original question, I believe it keeps you humble. Because all humble, when you're being humble, means that, God, I can't do it without you. So here's my 10% because I didn't even bring the 100% here. It all belongs to you. But I'm, here I am giving you or bringing my 10% to you. So I believe that tithing can play a huge part of people staying humble in their business. Ephesians chapter four, verse two says, be completely humble and gentle and be patient, bearing with one another in love. So, yeah, you just have to be humble because the Bible says pride comes before the fall. So if you start thinking that oh, my business is this, my business is that, it's just honestly, we can see what happened on um, 2020. A business is one pandemic away. Like it's one pandemic away of saying like, well, this is what we had. And now we don't have anything else. So mm-hmm. always being humble, always being hungry, always be in humility will, I believe, will be better off than being prideful and boastful and arrogant. Mm-hmm. So anything you want to add, Renner? No, man, I think you said it perfectly. I think that was great. All right. So the, my next question to you is, how do you what is your approach when it comes to setting goals for your business? Hmm. Like, do you do it yearly, monthly, weekly, daily, or 
Like, how do you do it? Yeah. Um, well, so I was, I was blessed with an opportunity to work right out of college for a pretty big company. Um, they're a Japanese company and they're very, you know, strategic with how they would set sales goals and, and processes. So I kind of like picked up on that strategy and used it for my business and they do uh, semi-annual goals. Okay. So, or biannual goals where it's like every six months you put your goals in place and then throughout the six months, you do what's called a plan, do, check, act. So, so one, you got to plan how you're going to achieve your goal. Two, you got to do the steps necessary to achieve your goal. Then you got to check whether you're achieving it or not. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do like a continuous improvement process. So it's, it's, it's like a circle. It's a cycle. Okay. And, uh, so you have to write down your goals. You have to do them. And you have to just confirm whether you're on track to meet those goals or not. Um, so I do that every six months um, and, and it's always worked. So that's, that's how I do things. All right. So every six months. So is there a time that, you know, you just felt led to like put an outrageous goal on it and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to reach this goal or do you shoot for the, you know, you know, there's a saying that if you shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you land among the stars. Are you that type of dreamer and goal setter like that? Um, you know, I've learned to to narrow it in. I've had some okay. uh, some seasons where I like go way above and beyond and mm-hmm. I don't even come close to hitting it. And I have other seasons where I'm like extremely conservative and I blow past it. I'm like, man, I wish I would have gone further. And and I see that a lot in like my running goals. Um, yeah. When I was like really big into marathon training, like that was a very important part of it. Um, but right now I'm pursuing a really lofty goal. And mm-hmm. I believe that it's one of those things where like you can, you can put down a goal in place and then you can just ignore it and then get upset if you don't hit it. Yeah. Or you can put a goal in place and have an action plan and then intentionally pray about it, intentionally pursue it. And then, and then actively believe that it's on its way. And so, so, you know, I'm halfway to that, that goal already. And I really believe that, you know, it is in God's plan for for me to achieve that um so it's like you know i i think it's a very lofty goal but there's you can't put god into a box um right and and you have to make sure it's in his will and not your will but yeah that's good so yeah i think you just said something so important there's no point of you having a goal if you don't have an action plan to fulfill your goal Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that have so many goals. They have these vision boards and all this other stuff they put on social media, but you have no actionable plan to achieve these goals. It's like, for example, if someone's in college, I'm going to get all A's, but you don't have like a study schedule. <laughs> How do you expect to, you know, get all A's? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to be top sales rep in my company, but you don't know how to speak to people. So are you going to get enrolled in some classes so you know how to close the deal? So I think mm-hmm. it's very important that people start to learn how to make action, um, actionable goals or actionable plans. So my question to you is like, what is one type of way, just give me one type of way that you make an action plan for a goal that you set. You can give me a past previous um, example or something you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so yeah, so the way that our business was started, it was actually, uh, uh, a big blessing and a curse, right? So it's like, I left the corporate world to join a startup. Mm-hmm. And during that startup phase, the, the company had fizzled out and it failed. And I was like, oh man, what am I going to do now? Do I go back to corporate or do I start my own company? 
started my own company, which was definitely the best move. But in, mm-hmm. in that in between working for that startup, um, it was my first step back into like a really nitty gritty sales process, the door to door sales. Mm-hmm. And so my goal was to be the best sales rep in the company. And I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to achieve that. And it wasn't me just saying, hey, I want to be the best sales rep. It was me saying, hey, I'm going to commit to the process of being the best version that I can be. So that, that is actually, so good. not just going out and trying to sell and fail, but it entailed me, you know, setting aside intentional time to train every single morning, to wow. look up sales trainings, to practice and to, to actually like request from my mentor, like feedback mm-hmm. and then going out and, and then selling. And it's like, that actually did result in me becoming the best sales rep in the company. And it was like, because I committed to the process, not the end result, that's what actually ended up achieving the end result. That is so good. So pretty much work on yourself. So another follow-up question, I have like three follow-up questions for this one question, is when you come to setting goals, like not even for business, but for your life, how do you not compare yourself to other people? Say like a business saying they want to sell 5,000 units. So, but you don't want to, you know, like how do you deal with the comparison factor that could be there? Yeah, man, I, I think I experienced this a lot when I was like really big in the marathon train. I, I feel like I just keep going back to that. Maybe it's God saying, Renner, you got to start yeah. training again. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I remember joining a, a team and they were a lot better than I was. I, I would go to a lot of different running groups and I would always be the fastest one there. Mm-hmm. Then I joined a uh, running team with a running coach and everyone there was like Olympic level and I was just being blown out of the water. And I was like, why am I not as good as these people? But it was really put onto my heart at that time to be like, hey, you're not running their race. You're running your race. Wow, that's so good. Recognizing that like God has a race planned specifically for you. Come on. If you're looking at other people to, uh, to compare, then you're not going to be able to run the race as well as you can. So, um, so I definitely learned a valuable lesson there not to compare. Wow. There's no need to do that. That's good. I, I don't know if you heard what he said, but he said that he's running his race and not running other people's races. So if you have a business, don't worry about what the business on the other block is doing. Don't worry about what your friend's business is doing. Focus on what your business is doing, and then you can make it the best you can make it when you focus on it instead of comparing yourself to other people. That's really good, Renner. That's really good. So Proverbs 29 verse 18 said, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So you have to have the vision. You have to set the goals. And you have to make sure you have an action plan to fulfill the goals you already set. That's really good, Renner. You want to add anything? Let me know. Man, I, I well, yeah. I, I think um, having the vision is important, right? And, and there's a difference between just like saying like, hey, I want this. Mm-hmm. And like actually envisioning yourself having it. Yeah. Um, so I, I really believe that like if you write it down and you don't just write it down once, but you write it down multiple times yeah. or like even put like a system in place where like once a day for 40 days, you write down what your vision is. Mm-hmm. That really in, allows it to be implanted into your brain. And you can you can invite God into that and say, God, like, I want this vision to be ours. I want it to be yours and and tell me how to achieve that. And, and that's good. And also writing it down, I, I'm a big proponent of just getting sticky notes and like put on the mirror. So when you brush your teeth, you see the vision that you wrote down. You know what I mean? So it's always like reminding yourself. 
And then that will help you like the choices you make. Cause we talked about earlier on by prioritizing things. So you're like, oh, I can't hang out for three hours at this place. Cause I got to work on this vision that God placed in me, or I can't do this. So I know for you, like you're engaged in everything. So you always have to prioritize like, well, I can't do certain things. Cause you know, I got to work. I got to um, be with Miranda or I have to work on this business plan. So I think prioritizing is very important and you don't know how to prioritize unless you have the vision. And if you don't make it plain, then you don't know what you need to do next. So that's really good, Renner. Mm. So my next question is, how do you prevent complacency in your business? So mm. it's been like six solid months and it's been great. And, you know, you've been selling all these things and you're like, I can just coast. How do you prevent complacency or put it on cruise control? Because sometimes people get so, so highly functional that even they go to, in cruise control, they don't even know. Like the people around them don't know they're in cruise control. So how do you prevent complacency in your business? Yeah, man, I, I feel like as a business owner, you go through so many different, different stages, Yeah, right? There's some stages where you go into like the pure survival mode where you're like, okay, you have to sell to eat that month. Like literally mm -hmm. if you don't sell, you're not going to get groceries. So it's yeah. like, that's one really quick way to prevent complacency is like, is food going to hit the table or not? Yeah. But once you get to the point where it's like a little bit past that and you have like the consistent sales, you have the consistent, you know, income coming in, then that's where it's really easy to hit that complacency point. Um, right. So it's like that's really where the vision is important because you have to be as passionate about your vision as you are passionate to eat. Oh, that's good. Wow. That's yeah, that's straight from a hustler right there. You can tell Brenda's a hustler. Same stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's why it's important to write down the vision and make it plain. Yeah. And like really implant it into your brain, because if it's not, then, then that complacency will set in mm -hmm. super quick. So, so, so do you not look at the cells? Like you look at the cells, thank God, but this is not the end goal. Like I'm preach. I, I, I appreciate what we did last month, but this is not the end goal. This is not what God gave me as a vision. So you just look at it, you put it to the side and you just keep grinding and hustling. Is that what you do, Renner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So you, you got to have your goals in place, right? And you got to review your goals monthly. And if you're below your goals, say, Hey, what, what happened? Why didn't we achieve that? Mm -hmm. and making small fixes to do it. And if you're blowing it out of the water every month, then you say, Hey, my goals aren't high enough. How do I increase my goals? So, so yeah, just, uh, it's kind of like, like in, in Financial Peace University, uh, they teach you how to budget. They teach mm -hmm. you how to write down what your monthly expenses are and what you plan to make. And, and if you're completely off, then you gotta, you have to kind of narrow it in. So, so I think like consistent um, monitoring of your goals is key. So my question, my follow-up question, because you, you brought up budget. How important is a budget in the business? Yeah, man, that's the most. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have a business if you don't have a budget. Yeah, because you know, some people they just look at the account and it's like, oh, we have enough money, we can do that, you can do that, and then you know, after that, and they they start relying on account accounts payable, but accounts payable doesn't come up, and now mm -hmm. they don't have any money. So I just want you to hit on like the importance of having a budget, not only in your business, not only in your business, but also in your life. It's mm -hmm. important <laughs> to have a budget. So can you just hit on that real quick before we um, get to the next question? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think we hit on it a little bit earlier. It's like, if you don't know what your expenses are, then you're just going to spend as much as you can until yeah. you hit your, your baseline. And then you get to the end of the month, you're like, 
where did all my money go? And you're you're upset at the the gas station. You're upset at like other people. And it's like, no, you, you have control over your own life. You have control over your own expenses. And if, and if you're blaming other people for you going over every month, then, then that's probably a key indicator that you haven't budgeted. So, Mm. um, and it takes discipline, right? It takes discipline to, to write it out down every month. It takes discipline to, to uh, make cuts when you need to and, and know where you're at. Um, so I know one, one key part of our business is to make expenses as low as possible, but the most efficient, right? So what are the most important things that are driving revenue for our company? And if, yeah. they're, if they're wasteful spending, then you have to cut it, even if it might make things a little bit easier here and there. So um, yeah, it's just, just being mindful of what's important and what's not. So you have to be intentional when making a budget also. So you can't have any trace of complacency when you come making a budget either, huh? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can't just like, oh, well, it was this last week, uh, last month and this sales came in last month. You have to be, you have to sit down, look at the numbers and, you know, because what, what I've heard one time when I was making a budget said, overestimate the expenses and underestimate the income. Mm-hmm. And say, so if you do that, you're, you're, you'll be in solid shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So if you have a business and you want to, if you want to write a budget, Underestimate what you're going to bring in and overestimate what you're going to give out. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So Proverbs 1, verse 32 to 33 says, For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So get rid of complacency. Um, you, like, it, if you want to get rid of complacency, you have to be more and more intentional. And that's what you can see Renner, you can see his whole life as we were talking in the past um, questions, you can see how intentional he is when it comes to his business. So if you want to get rid of complacency, you have to have a level of intentionality so you can get rid of the complacency. You want to add anything before we go to the next question? Yeah, that was well said. Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much. Um, So this is the last question. How do you disconnect, especially you being a hustler like you are, I know the, the wheels are always churning. How do you disconnect from your business to enjoy your personal time? As you stated earlier before, you do have a, a fiance, soon to be wife. Uh, so how do you disconnect from all that and enjoy just being present? How do you do that? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, that it varies per season too, right? Like I've, I've been learning that if you stay, you know, tied to one way of doing things, then uh, you're actually just going to force things into existence. So for the longest time, I would always, you know, go for a run to de-stress. Like mm-hmm. if I was like super stressed, I would, I would go for like a nice long run and like sweat it out. Um, now it looks a little bit different. It's like, okay, like I do I go for a walk because I'm kind of nursing a foot injury. So it's mm-hmm. like, if I, if I only rely on running and, and running gets cut out for me, then um, what else do you have? So you resort to like things that are not healthy at that point, like binging Netflix or yeah. going out and, you know, going to a bar and drinking. It's like, you have to be very, you know, mindful of like what's healthy, what's a healthy outlet. Um, and, and I think it is amazing having a significant other because mm-hmm. you can spend uh, like quality time with them, um, that's a way of de-stressing. And that's um, a time to be like away from work. So for the longest time, I would always just work until I went to bed. But now that I have a significant other uh, and like intentionally pursuing for marriage, it's like, you have to be strategic with your time. Like, like okay, I'm only gonna work from eight to five today. 
Yeah. And, and because we have dinner plans at six. So, mm -hmm. so it's making sure that you're, you're intentional with your time building up to the, the time where you're going to relax too. That's good. Yeah. Cause I'm a big proponent that like, God never created us to work all the time. That's why he established the Sabbath, you know? So I think it's very important to have boundaries and like, okay, I'm going to leave work at work. I'm going to be present with, um, in your case, um, your significant other. So I think that's great that you have those boundaries in place. And like, like we've been saying, like you, you have to be very intentional when it comes to it. So with all the questions we just asked you, the last seven questions, I just want to talk to the audience real quick. I want you to replace business with my life. So a question is, how do you deal with setbacks that comes when it, what, what, when it comes to your life? How do you remain humble when you see your life flourishing? How do you, when, how do you approach setting goals when it comes to your life? You should know that your life is your first business. Before, even if you don't ever get like an LLC, your life is your first business. Your life is the business God entrusts you when he puts you in your mother's womb. So with that, so Luke 16 verse 10 says, if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you'll be, you won't be honest with the greater responsibility. So all the information given in this conversation was, yes, it was like a little trick. Yes, it was for business, but also it's for your life. Because you cannot, you cannot run a business if you don't know how to run your life. Mm -hmm. Like if you, it takes certain disciplines. If you looked at Renner's life, it takes certain discipline in your life for you to run a successful business. So Renner, thank you so much for giving us practical tips, how to operate in your business slash how to operate in your life. Because everything you gave us is, it can be translated to our lives. So how do you, how do you stay humble? You stay humble because you realize that it didn't really come from you and you should tithe. So you know that God, I'm putting you first. So I just love all the answers you gave. I, I believe that this is going to be transformative and um, um, be, be a revelation to people when they watch this. So before we end episode four of Saturday Conversations, we're going to play a game called This or That. Do you know how to play it? Have you heard of it? Uh, no, fill me in. So pretty much I give you two options. You choose one and then that's it. And then at the end of it, then I will, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then afterwards, I'll give you my guesses because I already guessed what I think you're going to say so that right. I'll see, do we need to spend more time together as friends or I already know you, so. All right, I like it. That sounds fun. Yeah. Whenever you're ready, let me know. Let's go. All right. So out of the major prophets, Jeremiah or Isaiah? Jeremiah. All right. Um, running or hiking? Hiking. Okay. McDonald's or Wendy's? Wendy's. Okay. Road trip or air flight? Like road to travel. Road trip. Uh, Tesla or Maserati? Tesla. All right. So this one's very hard. This last one's very hard, all right? Favorite person in the world, Miranda or Miranda? Miranda. Which one? The first Miranda or the second Miranda? The first one. <laughs> All right, so I got four out of the five. I said Jeremiah. I said running because I knew you're a runner, but you pick hiking. Then I pick Wendy's, road trip, and then Tesla. So yeah, yeah, I can see how you would pick running. Uh, it, it would make sense. I would say in this season, it's more so hiking because I can't run. So okay. 
Uh, yeah, definitely hiking. Yeah. So, so that I was, was a good guess. So does that mean I get like four and a half? I give it four and a half. <laughs> okay, appreciate it. <laughs> and Miranda, I picked the first Miranda, so I guess I got you know five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so before we end, Renner, do you mind praying for us? Whatever the Lord leads on your uh, place on your heart, can you just pray for us? I would love that, man. Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this divine meeting. We thank you so much for um, this divine YouTube channel, Father. I just ask that you bless it in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you allow um, those listening to have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the heart to receive, Father, that whatever it is that is on their heart, um, that you're speaking to them in a deep and profound way, Father, that you are just speaking through the Holy Spirit to inspire them to achieve greater heights, Lord, to glorify your kingdom on a deeper level and to do, just do great things for your kingdom that they couldn't have even thought, asked, or imagined to do on themselves. Father, so I thank you for, for um, inspiring all of those who are hearing this today um, to do your will and not theirs. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Renner, for coming on. Let me just pray for you real quick. Um, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that God will give you the desires of your heart. I pray for you and Miranda that God will bless your engagement, bless your wedding, and bless your marriage. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray that your marriage will be examples to the younger generation. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray for healing for your foot right now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray that everything you do will be successful and will flourish. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you and Miranda will be a light to this world that's getting darker and darker every day. We give the honor, Jesus. We say, blessed be your holy name. In Jesus, my name, we pray. Amen. Amen. And well received. Thank you. Right. It's been a great chat. I'm, I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad because I know, before you know, July 4th is going to be here. So. <laughs> so I'm so glad I was able to get you on. So where can people find you? So, I mean, I'm most active on LinkedIn. I, I've really taken myself off of uh, Instagram and Facebook just to avoid like the mindless scrolling. I'm still on there. You can add me, but uh, I would say LinkedIn is the best bet to find me. Okay. And just your full name? Yep. LinkedIn, Renner Winston? Um, forward slash Renner dash Winston. Okay. And don't worry about it. I'll put it in the, I'll put the link in the comments um, description box below. So mm -hmm. thank you once again, Renner. This has been great. Thank you for tuning in for episode four of Saturday Conversations. Um, if you have, if anything stuck out to you in the conversation, put it in the comment section below. Also, if you have any prayer requests, put it in the comment section below. Renner and I will be looking at the comment section and be praying over your, your prayer requests. Um, I love you, God bless you, and I'll see you next time.